1: This is the Rich Eisen Show with guest host Kirk Morrison.
0: Let's start this program with Jefferson
1: Leap to catch it. He caught
0: it! Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. He didn't get out of there! No! He passed Yes! I mean, the Vikings are going to win!
1: I'm just pissed off of all that effort for that to be the result.
0: Earlier on the show, PHNX
1: NFL insider Howard Balzer. Coming up, host of the Business of Sports podcast, Andrew Brand. Ten-year NFL veteran, Ben Lieber. And now, sitting in for Rich, it's Kirk Morrison.
2: Our number two of the Rich Eisen Show. Kirk Morrison here filling in for Rich, 844 844- 844 204-RICH-844-204-7424. If you want to get in on the show, it's interactive. We're interacting with you guys on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Rich Eisen Show, YouTube, YouTube YouTube.com. Rich Eisen show as well. I'm here with the guys, Brock Del Tufo, TJ. Up, First hey, of all, man, again, thank you for uh, allowing me back into the uh, the home here. Of course. Right? The home here at the been Luxury Studio. Yeah, Rich Eisen. It's been it's been a while, but I know you guys have been busy. I have been busy too. I had a crazy just you no know, my normal weekend as always. Sure. Uh, with college football, throwing the NFL, um, travels. It's it's a lot. I just realized the
3: last time you were here, I was still like doing green room interviews in the back. That's so yeah, true. You actually haven't even been here since I've been on air, so that's how long it's been.
2: Yeah. I think, yeah. It's now, wow. you know, you have a more prominent role. You know, let's say- A uh, <laughs> little um, bit. Yeah. You've worked uh, your way up doing things, and so, you know, I'll follow you guys and- it's great to see what you guys are always doing. And when I come in, shit, yeah. yeah, you know, I just don't want to mess it up. Like, I got to <laughs> keep the seat nice and warm for Rich when he comes back. Because everybody's like, oh, Rich, where are you at? You know, when Rich, you know, puts out that tweet in the morning, I'm flying back, but Kirk is going to keep the seat nice and warm for me. <laughs> I got I got big shoes, I got to feel, right? <laughs> I got big shoes for when you're sitting in Rich Eisen's seat. This is like a Hall of Fame seat that <laughs> I'm sitting in. Well, also, you got
4: cool. to break some news today, too, because Tom Pilicero did – three days last week, and, you know, he's one of the best. Wow. Newsbreakers and information guys we have in the game. So, TP breaking I'm just news. saying, you got two more
3: hours to kind of break a big story.
4: That's all I'm saying. No pressure. But,
3: but also, Kirk, you know, yeah. when you have someone like you who's actually, you know, a former player who's right. been there and done that, you know, then that that's a different look as well to the show because now we're not it just, does. you know, a bunch of guys speculating, as some people like to say. We actually have a guy who actually knows what goes on in that locker room and, right. you know, between those lines. So that's.
4: I love that, too. I love when you sit in because of that former player perspective. And and so let's get into that real quick. Let's talk about your Raiders, man. Oh, man. Yeah, let's let's talk about it. What is going on in both of those locker rooms? Because that was kind of the big story all last week. Indianapolis, uh, seemingly out of nowhere, fires Frank Reich. Maybe you could have seen the writing on the wall. But then to replace him with Jeff Saturday, a former player coming straight from TV uh, at ESPN, had only really coached in high school. And uh, everyone talked about it all week. How is this going to work? Disrespectful to the process. Uh, Rooney rule stuff, which doesn't really apply to interim right, coaches. Interim coach, yeah. um, but that was still being talked about a mm-hmm. lot. And then, hey, look, look what happens. Matt Ryan now back at starting quarterback. They go into Las Vegas and they get a huge win. So it just kind of take us into both locker rooms as to what's going on there. Well,
2: I'll start with the I'll start with the Colts locker room first because, you know, I love my time in the National Football League. I played eight seasons, but in my eight seasons, I played for six head coaches. Okay, so six head coaches in eight years. That's a lot of of coaches. So I know about coaches who have been fired in the interim. You know, the interim tag that you put on a coach. Uh, I believe it was 2008 uh, Lane Kiffin was fired as the head coach of the Raiders when I was there, and Tom Cable took over. So he took over after week four. So we got 12 more games to go with Tom Cable. So I know what the interim label looks like for a head coach and what that coach comes in to what they have to do. For number one, it's about motivating the players. That's number one. It's about motivating the players to want them to go out there and play as hard as they can for you as the head coach. And people will say, well, you don't, you shouldn't have a, need a coach to motivate. These are all grown men. I was a grown man in there, but you fire the guy who gave you this message that you've heard this message. And for me, that was Lane Kiffin's, I believe, his sixth, know his 20th game he had coached the previous season and then he had this and you know we're off to the start that you would say should have been a little bit better but there was obviously some things that were going on between coach and owner and when you have coach and owner it does come down into the players the, play, the we hear it we understand it why are we doing this why are we doing it i can tell you guys in that locker room they 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 probably looked at each other when sam ellinger was was was, was hey he's going to be our starter This dude, not saying that Sam Ellinger is a bad quarterback, but I want to win. We brought Matt Ryan in for a reason. And I know our record is not what it should be, but we've had injuries with Jonathan Taylor. We've had an offensive line that we've invested all of this money in, and yet we're not getting the results with that offensive line. Yes, we've been swept by the Tennessee Titans this season. So a lot of things that you wanted to happen are not working. But then all of a sudden you enter Jeff Saturday as the new head coach, the interim tag. Jeff Saturday is a motivator. He's a guy who is going to tell you how it is. And I tell you, as a former player, that's all I want. I want a coach who's going to tell me straight. I've had coaches, Kirk, you're not playing well. I've seen you play better, and I know you can play better. I appreciate that, coach. Thank you for telling me that. That's all you want. You want someone who's going to be 100% honest with you, who is not going to sugarcoat it, but also a guy who, look, may protect you in the media as well. we'll say, hey, you know, you've had a defense that's given up this X amount of your Yeah, i got a defense that's not playing well, but we've already, we're have already we handling that. We're talking internally amongst each other about how we're going to fix the problems and say, well, you know, middle linebacker, he's missed like eight tackles in a row, so you should be talking to me. Jeff Saturday gets that part of it as a former player. Don't get you saw them score touchdowns yesterday in Las Vegas. That sideline erupted. They were excited. They were excited. Yeah. That dude just showed up, and all of a sudden you see the coaches high five and excited because he's got them all motivated. They're all moving on the same. And this is not a a, a knock on Frank Reich. It's just that it's different. Sometimes you need a spark, and you can't get that spark because the trade deadline's over with. You're not bringing in a street free agent to change the dynamic of the team. This is who you are. So you have to find a spark within. Well, the spark happened to be bringing in the interim coach. And to me, I've only I, – I've I broadcasted a game earlier with the, you know, the Colts and you know, I walked around and he's got – Jeff Satter has a former teammate on staff and Reggie Wayne, wide receiver. So there's guys who know Jeff Satter and what he's all about and he's passionate about it. That to me as a player is all I want is a coach who I know that cares. It's not about him. It's about the players in that row. And that's all Jeff Saturday kept saying. I, I don't know how many games the Indianapolis coach will win, but I'll tell you this. They are going to play tough. They're going to play physical. And they're going to play their heart out for Jeff Saturday because he's demanding of that. You don't need a resume for that. You don't need to have coached in college and coach. Yeah, there's other parts of the job that are difficult for head coaches. I, I talk to head coaches every single week. Now, the college game is different when I talk to those coaches because these. Say, oh, I'm dealing with boosters, my radio show, this kid's parents wants him to transfer, and why isn't this kid playing? That's a whole different can of worms in college football. That's a different animal when it comes to head coaching. In the NFL, it's about motivating. It's about putting up the picture. It's about showing guys, hey, this is what it's all about. This is what's in front of us. I, I thought Cliff Kingsbury said it best watching the hard knocks last week. He said, look, fellas, it's not about everyone else. It's about us. Let's look at our division. Let's, let, let, let's, let's scale it down a little bit. Let's not look at the entire NFL. Let's just look at where we are and where we're at in our division. And that message was preached by each individual coach. That's what coaching is all about. But now when it comes to my Raiders, whew, oh, baby. That's, it's, it's difficult because Josh McDaniels came into a situation of a team that had went to the playoffs This was not a team that was considered broken or trying to get over the hump. This was a team that had a coach in Rich Passaccia who was the interim coach. We all know what happened with John Gruden last season. That was a difficult situation for any coach. We know about what happened with Henry Ruggs on that team. Mm -hmm. Rich Passaccia came in and basically not only did he right the ship, but he also got guys to play for each other. Yeah. He got guys to listen, got guys to do where everybody was saying how what's going on with the team, pulling you different directions. He got everybody on the same page. They go to the playoffs, and maybe they're a couple plays away from beating the Cincinnati Bengals on the road, and who knows what would go from from there. So when Josh McDaniels takes over the job, you're not getting immediate results. When you've also invested in Chandler Jones, You've invested in bringing over Devontae Adams. You've already got outstanding players in Max Crosby. I thought Derek Carr had shown that he is the quarterback that this franchise has been you know, wanting. He's playing at a high level. But what I'm seeing is a disconnect. But I think it's also now, it's a belief in themselves. There's no confidence. This is not a confident football team. This, you can watch and just say, this, they're not confident in themselves. Now, you can work hard and you can play hard, do all those things. I've done that before. I've, you know, first first person in, last person out. You can work, do all that. That's great. That's, that's, That's outstanding. You're doing your job. But there is a point when you go into a game and all of a sudden you've built that dam. That dam is built. And all of a sudden there's a little crack and you start to see a little water come out. And instead of everybody saying, hey, let's go patch it up together, you start to see it break a little more. And it's like, uh-oh, here we go again. The dam's about to break. And next thing you know, that's what's happened. The dam just continues to keep opening and opening, and boom, it's gone. And I'm seeing that from this football team. And that's the difficult part is that obviously you don't have some some players who are available to you, but you would expect more from a team that played in the playoffs a year ago that you don't lose... They're 0-6 this year in these one-score games. Last year, I think they were 7-2 in one-score games. That shows you how close it is to win games in the NFL. Because you look at the Minnesota Vikings, they find a way to win those games this year. They very well easily could be in the Raiders' situation, but they've won those games. So that's the hardest part for me is where Josh McDaniels has to look his guys in the eye. And I know they are. I know they're working But right now, there doesn't seem to be that juice, that energy. And I talked about a win-win for the trade when it came for Miami and Kansas City. It's almost been a lose-lose trade when it comes to Green Bay and and the Raiders, right? The Packers and the Raiders trade. Aaron Rodgers hasn't looked the same since they let go of Devontae, or they traded away Devontae Adams. And the investment in Devontae Adams from the Raiders has he's gotten good yards and playing well, got cup touchdowns, but it hasn't resulted in the wins. So there's one trade that's a win-win. This one has been a lose-lose. Now it's just for this season because Aaron Rodgers, obviously he's got receivers now that he's working with. And Christian Watson did have a big game. The rookie had three catches who was supposed to be the guy to replace Devontae Adams. So there's a work in progress. But right now both teams are hurting off of this in terms of that trade. And so you see Jeff Saturday and the Colts doing this. Seems like they're taking off. He goes back to Matt Ryan, who he believes in. That surprise you after he had committed to Sam Ellinger, you know, on Wednesday or whatever that was? I think you <laughs> – there's one guy who you can't fool. You can't fool the guys on the team. Or I say group. There's one group you can't fool. Like there's situations and – I, and I look – I'll go back to my career – Guys know who should be playing and who's not. I mean, there are situations I know there are certain guys who played and I'm looking I'm like, but why are we playing this guy? He's better. Well, Kurt, well, we've guaranteed $8 million to this guy. He's going to play. <laughs> but I'm like, there's a to a point where I don't care how much money that we are guaranteeing him, this guy needs to be playing because this guy is hurting us on defense or he's hurting us on offense. And same thing, like, You cannot fool the players. And once I see you do that, you've lost all credibility with me. And so I don't know. I'm I'm not, I don't know what that situation was in Indianapolis. But I think when you start Sam Ellinger, you've, as a player, and I I don't know if this to be true, but think about guys like Stephon Gilmore, right? DeForest Buckner. They know what it looks like. You know, they've been to Super Bowls. They've played in Super Bowls. And they know if someone, if a decision is being made by truly by the head coach or by management, general manager, they know. That's one person, You, I mean, there are those people you can't, you cannot fool players. You can fool the media, you can fool other folks, but you're not going to fool players because we are the ones at practice and we see it every day. And when it came down to a, who do you believe in the most, Jeff Saturday wasn't there 10 minutes and he was like, oh, yeah, put Matt Ryan in. <laughs> I'm just saying, he wasn't there 10 minutes and was like, yeah, put Matt Ryan in. And, and they won. <laughs> and they won. And the results are in. And so now for all yeah. the people, I'm still waiting on that apology from Bill Cowher, right? Has he made it yet? Well, you, you know, Kirk, I'm, I'm glad you... Bill know. Cowher like, make it yet? No. Like what I said, it adds to Joe the fact Thomas, that you... Joe, Joe Thomas make that... Because he was, went all in. Joe Thomas, what he he say?
3: Your drinking buddy and yeah, yeah, yeah. all that? See? Yeah. What I'm saying is this adds to the fact of what I was saying about you being a former player. You know, we, we got a lot of media people. I saw some people come on air and not those two that you spoke of, but before them, and looked like they were literally about to start crying about this. And Brockman and I were talking last night about it, and we were talking about Joe Thomas and Bill Cowher, and I was like, I'm not really, I didn't hear Joe Thomas, so I would assume that a former lineman might be on the side of the other lineman. I kind of understand Bill Cowher's point, you know, not to say I agree or disagree. I understand where his passion came from because he did go through the coaching ranks, but I just like the fact that you know, getting a different point of view from you, someone who has, you know, been a player and you kind of know what goes on in the locker rooms. Right. You know, well, just an interesting way that you look at it compared to a lot of other people.
2: Well, it is different. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't hide that I'm a Warriors fan. Steve Kerr <laughs> didn't have coaching experience, but yet he's considered one of the best basketball coaches in the NBA. Now, he had time as an executive, but as a, broad, as a broadcaster. Exec, yeah. But they're like, hey, go be the head coach of the Golden State Warriors. Cool. <laughs> okay. Now, what? Five championships later. But he also you know, stepped into, later, uh, like, you know, Mark Jackson left him in a pretty good spot when he got but, there too. So, but he, he had didn't. no prior experience in coaching. Yeah. You get what I mean? It's about relationships. It's about managing egos. It's about that's the big part. I can I, look. I'm not going to say I'm. I could be a head coach, but I know if I ever were to be a head coach, I know how I would run it. I know what I would do. I'm going to hire the smartest, youngest coach hungry on the offensive side to be innovative, to be creative, and that can work with people, work with young guys, Mm -hmm. and can speak their language. I'm going to go old school when it comes to defense. I'm going to go old school defensive coordinator, a guy who's seen a ton of offense but knows how to make corrections and adjustments and is not afraid to look a guy in the eye and tell him you're not playing good. Right, I've had coaches, that because that's how I wanted to be coached. And that was most effective for me. I'll get a great special teams coordinator who actually will be my assistant head coach because he knows how to work with an entire room, not just his specific group, but the entire room. That's how I would do it. And then for me, my job is to make sure that we're all on the same page, motivating, creating competition. Those are the things that you need to do. And so, yes, it's been an old school way of thinking for so many years, but I'll tell you this, Mike McDaniel is showing you something different in Miami. He's not, he doesn't look like Chuck Knoll, right? He'll look like <laughs> Bill Parcells, but it's effective. So you're opening doors for other guys to have these opportunities because it may not be what you've been accustomed to seeing. So yeah, it'll be interesting. I can't wait to talk to uh, Andrew Brent. He's also a guy who, uh, who's who been around the uh, the. The NFL for a long time, and he's seen some coaching transitions. He was in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers and also Mike McCarthy, Mike Holmgren, as well. So I'll get his take. He'll be coming up in just a little bit, and we'll get his uh, thoughts on that game over in Green Bay between the Cowboys and the Green Bay Packers from a day ago. Veteran Day comes every year. We just had it. Veteran Day came Black Friday. Everybody was off work. Did you guys get Friday off, by the way? No, we were here. See, that's what I'm saying. Some people get it off. Some people don't. We're always here. Yeah, my kids there. Yeah, they got it off. So just oh, one yeah, of those my days. Son's school closed. Yep, it yep. was Eggo Waffles on Friday morning. <laughs> here we go. But Veteran Day has come and gone, but companies rarely thank veterans in a way that's meaningful. Of all of us, veterans deserve to be thanked the most. They serve to keep us safe, and that deserves some meaningful gratitude and appreciation. At Navy Federal Credit Union, every day is Veterans Day. Navy Credit Union, Navy Federal Credit Union is committed to veterans and helping them live their lives to the fullest. Navy Federal Credit Union offers resources like the VA Loan Hub and Best Cities After Service. Navy Federal Credit Union also offers veteran employment assistance partnerships with nonprofits like the, mission, like the mission that it continues. Plus, Navy Federal Credit Union is a top VA home lender. They offer personal finance counseling as well as 24-7 member service. Navy Federal Credit Union has a growing community over 1.8 million veterans just like you. When we say thank you, we mean it. Navy Federal Credit Union. Learn more at NavyFederal.org slash veterans insured by NCUA, an equal housing lender. Coming up, Andrew Brett, the former NFL executive and the co-host of the Business of Sports podcast. Coming up, join the Rich Eisen Show.
0: Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road, and I should know. They kept my car on the road, and they do it with a smile on their face. They offer friendly service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs, and that comes in so welcome when your car needs to be put back together, and they do it with a smile so you know you're being taken care of. They got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. And guess what? You should not miss... Power Torque Tools DIY Days at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Power Torque hand tools come in with a lifetime guarantee. And right now, you can save big on Power Torque hand tools, power tools, jacks, and more. Get great deals on a wide range of Power Torque jacks and jack stands, including two-ton jack stands and up to three-and-a-half-ton floor jacks. Let the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts help you find the right power torque tools for your next DIY project. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com Eisen. Back here on the Rich Eisen
2: Show, Kirk Morrison filling in for Rich and we go to the guest hotline. Joining us on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line, it's one of the more respected guys, I think, in the uh, NFL circles. He's a former NFL executive, the host of the Business of Sports podcast, and a contributor as an MMQB columnist. He is Andrew Brandt. You can follow him on Twitter, at Andrew Brandt. And Andrew, you've been uh, in NFL circles for a very, very long time, and I'm going to start with this. I believe you did cross with Jeff Saturday when he spent that one year, I believe, in Green Bay. Help me if I'm wrong, but – Uh, We were just talking about Jeff Saturday, the new head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. So, obviously, it's a situation where some people didn't like the hire as an interim coach with a guy with no prior experience in coaching in the National Football League or even college, but yet they go out. The Indianapolis Colts win a football game, and he wins his first game as a head coach. What did you think about how that hire went down for the Indianapolis Colts, Andrew? Andrew?
1: Yeah, good to be with you, Kirk. You know, I know Jeff well, but not from Green Bay. Mm-hmm. The time he came to Green Bay for the one year, I believe, uh, was after I had left. Mm-hmm. And I admired him as a player, obviously, but I got to know him at ESPN. I right. was there for many years. We crossed paths there. And one of the things I covered at ESPN was the collective bargaining agreement, especially way back in 2011 right when we had a lockout. And we had no football, no training camps. I'm sorry, no, yeah, no mini camps, no training camp. As people remember, it just sort of all came together at the end. They didn't lose any games beyond the Hall of Fame game, but Jeff led the, led the union and that's a job. You know, that's 2000 players trying to build consensus, trying to go into bargaining with people like Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones and trying to make games. That's a tough job, and he was able to do that. I, You know, I was not as harsh about the hiring as most people. I said, to me, head coaching is about two things, leadership and communication. Yeah, absolutely. And you can get people to do the X's and O's. You can get people to line up. You can get people to do the uh, the sort of grunt football terminology stuff. And, of course, he did that in in managing an offensive line from the center position. But he has both. He has great leadership skills that we saw at the union, and he has great communication skills that I saw up front at ESPN. And the one thing I saw from him that I didn't necessarily see from other former players I was working with at ESPN is a real intellectual curiosity. Like, I'm doing the cap and contract and free agency and all that kind of business talk. And he would, like, pull up a chair (laughs) and say, tell me about that. You know, I want to learn about that. So I thought there's a chance this guy could be pretty successful. And, I, you know, the one thing I can't excuse, Kirk, is the Rooney Rule stuff. But the NFL has no Rooney Rule for interim hires. So that's really on the league more so than the, the Colts. And as far as passing up people that have worked, yes, I get it. But it happens in all walks of life. Yeah. You know, people are brought in over people that have done the grunt work for years. It's not fair, but it happens. Mm.
2: Absolutely. Andrew Brent joining us here on the Rich Eisen show and I I'd say four and six looks a lot better than three and seven. And that's the Green Bay Packers record after their went over the Dallas Cowboys yesterday, Andrew, and is this the start of something with Aaron Rodgers now and finally wide receivers making plays, especially Christian Watson, the rookie. Is this the start of something for the Green Bay Packers, you think?
1: Yeah, I mean listen, I'm my Packer fandom still there from my ten years there. It's hard right. to leave it. Um I unabashedly biased. Um <laughs> right. I know Aaron, of course. And he was there with me, Mason Crosby. Right. But you know, I think there's a road ahead, and you got to pass a lot of teams. So to me, the whole issue is you get in, and then once you get in, anything can happen. The Packers have proved that; they went to the Super Bowl and won it as a six seed. So you know, they got it. They <laughs> looks like their competition is going to be like San Francisco because. Mm-hmm. You know you have a bunch of teams that are going to make the playoffs of course philly minnesota dallas new york giants tampa you know and then seattle san francisco so you're gonna to have to get ahead of one of those teams and but they sure look good you know you're you know we mentioned watson a lot of flack for the packers trading Devonte adams the packers picking this guy and he obviously showed why they made that investment and This is the Packer way, Kirk. I tell people all the time, especially if people are asking me at the trade deadline, why didn't it go for Brandon Cooks or Chase Claypool or whoever? And I'm like, you don't understand. You know, (laughs) if they got one of those guys that would push down the development of Christian Watson and Romeo Douth, they're not going to do that. It's just the Packer way
2: just the Packer way. Former NFL executive Andrew Brand is the host of the Business of Sports podcast and MMQB columns as well, joining the Ritz Eisen show. Kirk Morrison here filling in for Rich. You you mentioned it, though. It's I was just talking about the trade where Devontae Adams obviously goes to the Raiders. He's got good production, catching touchdowns, all that, but they haven't got the wins to sort of back up bringing in Devontae Adams. Where I look at the other side, the Green Bay Packers, They're starting to possibly hit their stride, but Andrew, it is a process that's going through with these young wide receivers, other guys who they already had been banged up and injured off and on, Randall Cobb and Sammy Watkins. Do you think if the Packers could possibly do it over again, would they have traded Devontae Adams or this is something that needed to happen?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a real backstory that we don't know, even someone like me that's involved with the Packers' So long. I don't know. I think all of our focus for the past two years was what's the relationship between Aaron Rodgers and the front office. When what we were missing was what's the relationship between Devontae Adams and the front office. Mm. Something wasn't right there, right? And something was mm. amiss because I, uh, from my days at the Packers, we always went after priority players and early contract extensions, and they for whatever reason didn't do that with him maybe until it was too late until the Raiders offered something. So something went on there and listen, the story of the off season to me, Kirk was these wide receivers hitting a new benchmark in, in pay mm, right beyond anything we even thought of 25 million <laughs> a year. And now Tyreek's in Miami and right. AJ Brown's in Philly and Devontae's in Las Vegas. Now the other two seem to work out, right? So, Browns made a huge difference in Philly. Hills made a huge difference in Miami. Adams is playing well, but the team stinks. (laughs) And that's an interesting one to watch for me because the comments from Devontae and, and Derek Carr yesterday really show a discord going on inside that team. And I thought when they got rid of Gruden and Mike Mayock, And players that that was the whole idea you get rid of that sort of malaise that was within the organization and now it appears like it's there as much as any
2: and that's the interesting part Andrew is because you expect results and there are two teams I want to focus now on that division the Denver Broncos and the Las Vegas Raiders you brought in offseason moves you've done things in terms of bringing in new head coaches that you expect immediate results Right now, you're not getting it from Josh McDaniels and then also in Denver with Nathaniel Hackett as well as the head coach. Could this be a situation that when you look at it at the end of the year and you evaluate, depending on how many wins that both these teams have, could this be a one and done scenario with so much that you've invested for Denver in their quarterback, Russell Wilson, but for the Raiders with the receivers and Derek Carr?
1: Yeah, I don't know about the coaching. I mean, listen, Mark Davis is not one of the more cash-rich owners. Maybe most cash-poor, actually. So the idea of him paying three coaches, you know, (laughs) could be paying Gruden, Basacha, I don't know if he's paying Bassachia, Gruden, McDaniel's a new coach. Just doesn't seem feasible that that owner would do that. But you never know. And you know, I think Denver, with the new ownership, is probably going to be patient, but. You bring up the Wilson trade. You know, this is people inside the business, and I'm not trying to be arrogant here, but when we see trades of all these picks for Russell Wilson or all these picks for anyone, you know, right? And the fans and a lot of media are like, oh, my God, it's a win for the team that got the big name. The people inside the business are like, wow, that's a win for the team that got all the picks. <laughs> because... <laughs> Because when you trade a big name, the chances are the big name has had, got a big name when he was in his peak, mm. and now he's down from his peak. And that's what I tell people. When you see these trades, sure, you're going to say, well, the team that didn't get any big-name players back got screwed, but these trades are long-term investments, and Even Christian Watson with the Packers, you know, let's judge him against Devontae Adams in five years, not Mm -hmm. now. There's no way he's going to beat Devontae Adams now, but these are the kind of ways you have to look at these trades long term.
2: You know, Andrew, what was your other big takeaway from Week 10 of the National Football League? Obviously, there's some games in Minnesota, and Buffalo has been on the top as maybe one of the games of the year. But is there any big takeaways that you see from Week 10 that you just keep saying, wow, I can't believe this?
1: Well, obviously, you mentioned Buffalo, Minnesota, Game of the Year, but just so funky with the way things went. (laughs) And who knows, you know, Josh Allen, who? God, it's hard to hard to know what he is right now. And if it's injury or just... Even the game they won against the Packers hit some throws that were, like, weird. And then last week and this week, it's just weird. I think the story no one's really talking about, which... I mean, our Super Bowl champions are dead. Yes. that that's, <laughs> That should be the headline of all, but it's, like, way down the list. I mean, I understand Stafford's hurt, but... Right wow. I mean I I don't see a path. Andrew, so Andrew have to make the playoffs.
2: But but you're a former executive and everyone saw last year and it was on all the t shirts, right? F them picks. The Rams are all in. They had they went and got Odell Beckham and Von Miller. The Rams were all in. They won the Super Bowl. They they dig they, they accomplished their feat, but it's at what reward or I mean at at what risk do you have which is this year they're a much depleted roster they don't have the same depth that they had before obviously they have their frontline guys but they don't have that now added depth that also left a lot in free agency so when you look at the the F them picks mentality you still won but you look at what now the future looks like you sit sat in those rooms is this one of the reasons why teams stay away from trying to give up a lot of that draft capital yeah,
1: and again, just like I talked about before, not popular with fans. Right, you know? <laughs> Fans want the, let's do it now. And I'm from the Packers, of course. We're the right. more draft and develop team. But yeah, I get it. You know, but it's just such a thin line. Like, what if last year, I think it was the guy on the Niners' tart of safety. Yes. Uh-huh. If he tar. held on to, to the interception, then we're not talking about the Rams as Super Bowl champions. And even if you look at it, from that point of view did the, was it worth it to f those picks and go for it the way they did and then they come back this year they re-up Stafford they re-up Donald they re-up cup big money deals push out more and more cap have less and less picks I just I never agreed with it and I know I was shouted down because they won a Super Bowl but it's a tough way to have sustained success and now we're seeing it because you just said it. They're not a deep team, Mm -mm. and everyone gets injured. Everyone has injuries. So when you're not deep, you're going to suffer. Sure, Jalen Ramsey's great. Aaron Donald's great. Great. Cooper Cup, great. But very shallow team. And how do you get depth on a team? You have draft picks. That's how you get depth. And uh, they're just not doing it.
2: Yeah, they've got a ton of Batmans and not a lot of Robins to help out. Yeah. So that's the way I, I look at it. Wait, one more for you, Andrew, before I let you go. Um, I keep using this phrase, and, and I love hearing it, is that yesterday's price is not today's price. And mm-hmm. for some reason, I keep hearing that every time Jalen Hurts takes the field and also Lamar Jackson takes the field. We'll see Jalen Hurts tonight as the uh, Eagles take on the commanders, but he's eligible for a contract right now. Yeah. and. With each game that the Eagles continue to win, and depending on obviously how they finish, maybe at the top of the NFL with their record, maybe even a Super Bowl, what does the contract start to look like for Jalen Hurts, who was a second-round pick, not a first-round pick, didn't get the fifth-year options and all that stuff, but he's eligible for a big
1: payday. Yeah, I mean, the elephant in the room in all these negotiations is Deshaun Watson, and I get it. The owners have shouted that down, saying it's an outlier, it's an aberration. No one should get a five-year guarantee just because he did. It was a strange situation. but <clears throat> And Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson kind of agreed with that and I acquiesced to that. They got a traditional, a lot of money. I'm not saying they didn't. They got a ton of money. But Lamar Jackson has resisted. He's like, I want the Watson structure. And the Ravens have said no. And that's where we are. Unfortunately for Jackson, they've got a franchise tag right. available next year. <clears throat> Hertz is obviously under contract next year, but he is eligible extension. And he's got to you know be in that ballpark again. The Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, top-of-the-market deals. Is he going to ask for the Deshaun Watson guarantee? That's going to be tough because he's still in a rookie contract. Jackson, to me, is fascinating because he's his own agent. Right. And at least from what I can tell, he's been tougher, if you will, than Wilson and Murray, who had agents. Um, And he's betting on himself. The problem is the Ravens have the tag.
2: Lamar Jackson and Roquan Smith, both no agents. (laughs) Raven's going to have a fun offseason, by the way, Andrew, (laughs) trying to get deals done for these guys. Andrew, man, I I appreciate the time. Always enjoy uh, your conversation and your thoughts on the NFL, especially when it comes to these contracts as well. Thanks, Andrew. You got it, Kirk. (laughs) That's Andrew Brandt. He's the host of the Business of Sports podcast, at Andrew Brandt on Twitter. Oh, man, he's one of the great guests. He joined us on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line. You know what, coming up, I want to get into some uh, some thoughts on not just the NFL, but f- for me, I feel like there's a player no one talks about, but then when you see him play, you're like, yeah, that dude is pretty good and we still don't consider him one of the best. I'll tell you who that player is coming up next here. On the Rich Eisen Show, Kirk Morrison filling in for Rich. You can listen to the NFL in the NFL app on the Odyssey app on westwoodsports.com via Westwood One Station streams or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports sponsored by AutoZone back here on the Rich Eisen Show. Kirk Morrison here filling in for Rich. And, you know, I think week to week in the NFL, we have uh, a lot of new players, new blood. You know, you love the uh, the young players who are making a name for themselves. You see Justin Jefferson making these great catches. You're seeing, you know, guys like Justin Fields finally starting to, I guess, turn a corner in a loss. But it looks to see, it seems that they finally have an offense that's geared toward his skill set. So you get excited about those. I feel like we can't get lost. We cannot get lost. And I think it's more recency bias. It's something that we see sometimes in the NBA, possibly. And this isn't like a LeBron James segment, but this is more about sometimes when you see things once or twice, you just get accustomed to it, right? I remember someone asked LeBron James, I believe it was like after a finals appearance, like, like, you know, LeBron, like, why are you guys or how would you grade your performance? You know, do you think you could play better? And he's like, I mean, I had 38, you know, 13 and 8, you know what I mean? Like, what (laughs) more do you want me to do? But we expect so much greatness from certain players. And then when we get it, we, ex- we think that's just the norm, right? You, you yeah. believe it's the norm. And I just bring that up because so much about the young and upcoming quarterbacks and young players, and I get it. But Patrick Mahomes is what he's doing week in and week out. Are we truly, truly understanding that, Man. you know, when, when, when guys on the sideline say, I'm him like Patrick Mahomes is I'm him. I am that guy. I am that dude. Yesterday 26 of 35, 331 yards, four touchdowns. And to me, you remember when he went through that slump last year? Remember when the Chiefs just they couldn't put some points up there. He was throwing interceptions all over the place and I remember somebody said, the league has caught up to Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. like, that, that was a thing. I'm still old enough to remember that, bro. That was a thing, man. <laughs>
4: that was a thing. Oh, the league
2: caught up to him. I said, wait, how do you catch up to a guy who's just good? To me, I feel like he's not even in his prime yet. That's the crazy part. He, I don't even think he's in his prime. He's, he's still. He's 27. It, that, the prime ages for a quarterback, I believe, is what, starting next year, right? 28 to 33. Is that the prime? Something like that, yeah. 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 Well, Tom Brady's already killed all yeah, that. Like, we sure. know that. Yeah. But I think generally Aaron, speaking, it's like 28 story. to
4: 33. So Thompson
2: obviously. anomaly, though. Right, but yeah. what would we say? Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Where's his prime? When did his prime start? Because he kind of got up a late late start, you know, because he had to sit out three years. He got a late start. Aaron Rodgers had about a 10-year prime. Yeah, about a 10-year prime. MVP, Super Bowl? I think Patrick Mahomes will start to enter his prime. And he. I feel like he gets lost in the, 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 the news stories. It's like, oh, it's Patrick Mahomes just had a Patrick Mahomes day. And we expect that, so we move on from it. right? We don't sit there like, it is difficult to play at the height of, or the, at the position that he's playing, and he makes it look easy. He makes it look easy. He connected with nine different guys on an offense. Kadarius Tony was an afterthought in New York with the Giants, and now he's one of the prime he's receivers. He's man. about to be a superstar yeah. in his offense. He was out there playing hopscotch yeah. when he got that <laughs> touchdown. I mean, you see? <laughs> yeah. Isaiah Pachenko, the running back, right? Kyle edwards Lair was a first-round pick for them, and yet he's not even in the rotation, it seems like, at running back. It's a defense that got better, and I'm not saying the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl, but when you hit on the quarterback, you start to see some of the pieces that are around him, and I feel like we're just kind of overlooking the Chiefs because it's a story that we expect them to be late in the season. But I know a lot of people were on the Buffalo Bills bandwagon, and I'm saying it's good, but I see the mistakes that Josh Allen has made, and I'm looking at Patrick Mahomes' mistakes, and he doesn't make those same mistakes. And it's different. I feel like we're just overlooking Patrick Mahomes to a point where, to me, he's the MVP of the league right now. Like last week, I said, oh, it was Jalen Hurts. And then I'm saying, okay, what Patrick Mahomes is doing, adding some of the players that he's added to his offense – and still continuing to go. It's like how do you stop what he's doing? Because it's just every single weekend. I don't have to look at a, block, at a at a box score. I just look at the game and I'm saying, that's the best player on the field. That's the best player in the NFL. And it's it, it should be a resounding yes, but I think are we cooling off on the Mahomes story? Is it is it still fun for us? Is it exciting, or is it like is it more of the Jalen Hurts and his fantasy numbers, right? Cuz we're in a fantasy world. So what excites us is fantasy numbers, and is it not enough what Patrick Mahomes is doing? I
4: think it's super fun to see new players come up and do something fun and exciting. That's kind of what we're seeing at Hurts. We're finally seeing it in Tua. Uh, I, think right. you, I think, like you said, because he won an MVP at such a young age, he threw the 50 touchdowns in his first full year as a starter, right. won the Super Bowl. It's just kind of like, oh, we've seen this before. Yeah. But like you said, only 27 but I think if they do it this year, if they go back to the Super Bowl, we're going to see it because it's without Tyreek Hill. Everyone thought this guy was so important to their offense. But Mahomes is first in yards, first in touchdowns. <laughs> he's second in QBR. He's fourth in passer rating. Like, the guy leads in yards per game. It's just what he's doing this year. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And, like, I think we get it. And we're right. not, like, we're not casual about how great Patrick Mahomes is. But if you're <laughs> just, like – if you have cheese fatigue or something like that, then maybe you're not paying as much attention. To also, it
3: he, he kind of did it himself, right? He's right. He is that good. He's that good. So it's like you see these numbers and yeah. you go, all right, bet. Cool. Like right. that's what I expect. You brought up LeBron, right? LeBron's won four MVPs. Realistically, how many MVPs should LeBron have? Right. He could have eight. Eight, nine. You know what 10? I mean? But So I think, yeah, we do get to a point with some of these guys where they set their own bar so high that we're like, Hey, Chris, Patrick Mahomes had four touchdowns and 400 yards on Sunday. I tell you this on Monday, and your response is? Man, cool. 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 (laughs) I'm glad glad I didn't (laughs) play against him in fantasy. (laughs) It's just like like, he's reached that point, I think, in sports, and there's not a whole lot of these guys where just like, no matter what they
2: do, it's like, okay, yeah, I believe that. (laughs) Sure. Because he's that good. But then I tell you, Justin Fields had – 167 yards in the air, one throwing touchdown, and on the ground, 13 carries for 147 and two rushing touchdowns. He's like, "What? Yeah. Justin yeah, exactly. Fields did what? Yeah,
3: exactly. Oh my! Exactly. Because like, he hasn't like, that point, no. but
4: that too, like everyone thought, the Bears were going to be a bottom five team in the league. Right? Like Justin Fields is just getting his ass kicked on every play because <laughs> yep. his line stinks. I can't right. name one of his receivers maybe we drafted David Montgomery in fantasy and that's it. Like, right. Cole, how do you pronounce his last name? Like, You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, like that's the type it, of deal. And now he's on yeah. a pace to break Lamar Jackson's quarterback rushing record for a season. Like, this, it's so exciting. So new is also fresh, but let's, right. let's not forget how awesome Patrick Mahomes is. And, yeah. like, the dude still has maybe 10, 12 more years yeah. to play. And, Jesus. and like, Chris
3: Brockman, a few months ago, he was, which I thought, I was like, pump your brakes on this. He was putting Patrick Mahomes on his quarterback oh, Mount Rushmore. we rushing back? Right. Are we back? I, I I still say I mean, pump your brakes on that <laughs> right lot. Now. As of right now, that's how good this guy's already yeah. is. This guy's saying he's already on the Mount Rushmore. So I, you wow. know, it's
2: Mahomes is just great. I mean, trust me. If he retired tomorrow, if he said I'm done with football, is he not a first ballot Hall of Famer? Yet, yeah. is he not? Patrick yes. Mahomes, not? Yes, I don't He's know. He's a Hall of Famer my yeah. First ballot, I too. Know.
4: I also wanted to put Kirk Cousins in the Hall of Fame like two hours ago. You know what I
2: mean? <laughs> Until Howard balls would put us in our place for a minute. I think a lot Howard balls I was know. like, Oh, no, man. When he said Boomer Science, <laughs> you automatically... By the
4: way, Boomer Science. I mean, yeah, I was looking up all the stats. You forget like,
3: He I'm won glad, an MVP, but come on. Right. I'm glad you brought that up again, Chris, because when you said that about Kirk Cousins being in the Hall, I, I mean, you were in the middle of interview. I didn't want to interrupt, but
2: no, you, you, I mean, you, you don't believe that, do you? Well, I mean, no, we, we're saying that the trajectory... I'm saying on the, tra- well, no, no, saying the trajectory. I was saying during the interview,
3: he had brought that up. My point and, was if he wins the Super Bowl. This if he year. wins
2: the Super Bowl. Yeah. No, he's and still a tr- not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I mean, because you look at also, too, like... Jim Plunkett is not in all of you know it. It has to be the trajectory of keep no. going. We're not saying off of one season this okay. season. If you look at his numbers, his numbers are going to be there. His
4: numbers are going to but be there. But now, if
2: he starts having some postseason success over the next couple wow. of years, and yes, because I think that you look at before this season started, I thought Matthew Stafford was on a trajectory that I'm envisioning for Kirk Cousins. Right. And now, halfway through a season, you're like, well, let me it, stop. Yeah, I'm trying to curl up into a ball. They're like, oh, I didn't say that about Matthew Stafford. <laughs> but now, it's that, that's what happens. Because he won a Super Bowl to all these comebacks. Matthew Saver was the fastest to, what, 40,000, 50,000 yards all in the all, NFL? Every, all of it. Every, yeah, every, yeah, every yeah. yard. And yeah. now you're like, uh, he's just a numbers guy. But winning that
4: Super Bowl, it just changes how people perceive you and yeah. think about you. You know, you're still that same guy. You now just got the ring. And it's like, I think with Kirk, if they do it this year, obviously looking way ahead, we're going to change the way we think about
3: him. We're not. Yeah. Kirk Cousins is not a Hall of Fame quarterback. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's you. not. <laughs>
2: I'm ready for some overreactions, man. (laughs) Hour two done. Hour three coming up. Overreaction Monday.